Hello and welcome. This is Monty Mallon, the host of this podcast, where we talk to all kinds of people about something that is really important to them. And today we are going to talk to Master R.J. Lee, a co-owner and chief instructor at the Black Belt Martial Arts Center in Kensington, Maryland. I have had the great fortune to study under Master Lee and his exemplary staff for many years now, and I can tell you he is very committed to his teaching, and we are really lucky to have him. And so welcome, Master Lee, to the show. Thank you, Mr. Monty. I appreciate it. I wonder if you could tell me how a guy with a degree in criminal justice ended up as a martial arts instructor in the first place. I graduated high school in 2003 and uh, had no idea the direction I wanted to go in with my life. And uh, I knew I'd, I wanted to go to college and try and you know get my four-year degree. And the one field that really interested me was uh, being you know an FBI agent or law enforcement. I wanted to, I guess, is I wanted to try to help people and I wanted to try mm-hmm. to do some sort of good in that area. Well, ironically, I go into my very first criminal justice class and my professor tells us that he's not going to teach from the book. He's going to teach from his experience. And he goes, if you plan on having a personal life and a family, this is not the profession for you. And at that moment, I knew this is not what I wanted to do. So I completed, you know, my first year of college. I was in Pennsylvania and I I came back after my first year, transferred to Montgomery College. I still wanted to stick with criminal justice because it, it still, I had an interest in it, but I didn't want to go any farther with it than, than my degree at the time. I approached my father who you know, owned the martial arts school that I currently work at now. Um, and I said, hey, you know, in passing, you know, I, I think I want to get myself a car. And his response was, well, it sounds like you need a job. Uh, he goes, why don't you start teaching for me? And um, that was pretty much it. It wasn't like, let's see if you can make a career out of it or whatever. I, I guess putting it out there, I guess I became a martial arts instructor because I needed to buy a car. That's as good a reason as any. Yeah. So when I first met you about six, seven years ago, how long had you been teaching by that point? I started teaching when I was 19 years old. So now I'm 32. I guess, you know, I would have probably had about three, four years under my belt. Why do you love teaching? How did that become a love of your life? And how do you try to convey that to your students? Uh, so my my love from teaching uh, again I didn't I guess I didn't realize it until I taught my first class and I don't really I don't remember the first class I don't remember what class it was but what I do remember is I do remember how it made me feel and uh, you know there's that saying you know you might forget what people say what people do but you always remember how you know they make you feel and so you be very careful about what you do and so I noticed at that point after teaching my first class it made me feel really good. And it made me reflect on times in my childhood where, you know, I was a pretty good athlete because of martial arts. You know, it teaches you a lot about balance and coordination. When I started to play, you know, Pop Warner football or basketball, I was never the biggest. I was never the fastest. But I understood how to, you know, be coached so I could listen to a coach and follow directions. I could be a leader. And I remember coaches just taking an interest in me for some reason. Uh, my tackle football coach, and I never forget his name, is Jack Kelly. He used to call me every year in August, right? Right before my birthday, because that's when football would start here in the state of Maryland. And uh, he would call my mom and we need to get RG out there. And I knew I wasn't the best player on the team. And I'd be sitting there as a 10 year old like, why is this guy calling me and wanting me to come out and play for him? Like, I know I'm not the best. He had me as his starting quarterback for three years. And then leading into, you know, me teaching, I realized the impact that that had on me and that I was in a position to do that. 
And in turn, I noticed how it was making others feel, my students and their parents and just, you know, little things by putting a smile on their face from telling them they had a great haircut. Some of the stuff had nothing to do with martial arts in general. It was just I was in a position to make people feel good about themselves. Uh, and was that's what won me over. But here, you no matter what, even if you're on your worst day, there's somebody here who's going to help you walk away feeling good about yourself. Yeah, you know, um, it's very true. I am, I'm a very appreciative of the way that I was brought up in the martial arts. So I was brought up under my father and we were brought up under a very traditional style of Taekwondo where everything was based on what you could do physically, um, your physical appearance, uh, the way you could kick, the way you could move, the way you could jump. And I was fortunate that I was able to pass my black belt test as, at nine years old. And when I became a teacher, one of the first lessons my father taught me was that was the wrong way. He was like, we were fortunate enough to you know, make it through that grind. He would call it the error of the, the true martial artist because it was all your physical stuff. You, know, you had to be the next Bruce Lee or whoever was the guy back then, the, the karate kid. But when he you know, was you know, grooming me on how to instruct, he said it was so much more than that. You know, everybody comes in here at a, at a different level and their progress is solely based on them, not on anybody else or on any overall general standard that you know, was in the martial arts. And I think that's where he kind of became a pioneer, in my eyes, in the martial arts industry because he saw way beyond the physical stuff that you know, some of the traditional martial arts schools only looked at and paid, you know, gave value to. Do you think that's a particular innovation on his part, which you've carried over? Uh, so my father's story is about the same as mine, you know, growing up. And so when he was 17 years old, that's when he took his first martial arts class. And these same things happened to him. He had, you know, a role model in front of him telling him he could do it, you know, getting him to realize that he had potential to be a, an awesome person, not just martial artist, but a great guy. And so, again, I think that that's what led him to then going into being an instructor and realizing, wow, I want to do this on a larger scale. I'm a spitting image of him. And I, I probably can't, you know, hold a candle to him because uh, he did a lot of the stuff I do, but by himself. Mm-hmm. And so, but you'll have old students walk in the school and they'll go, oh man, I thought I, that was your dad out on the floor, but it was me. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I sound like him is one, I'm his son, but, but this is the style that I came up under, right? Him teaching like this and doing this for, for people. And not only did he do it for me as a son, but he did it for hundreds of students that came through his doors. And so it was just, it was just amazing to be a part of. But immersed in all of this is, is the idea, the business aspect and the teaching aspect are completely intertwined. You want students to come back. To do that, they have to have a good learning experience. Absolutely. That's bottom line. That's yes. the bottom line, right? Yes. When you look around your the room, how do you know that your students are having a good experience, that you've given them something that's special to them? So I think that's uh, what I personally view as what separates an average teacher, not just a martial arts instructor teacher, from an awesome one. Every student no matter what field it's in, they all have a different button that needs to be pushed. People are here for completely different reasons. An average teacher is going to teach what they want to teach. And I believe the above and beyond, the the great teachers are going to make sure that every student that's walking through their door, they're hitting that button and making sure that they are learning what they have come 
to learn. Um, and for some people, that's just confidence. For some people, it's self-defense. For some people, um, it's discipline. For some people, it's just feeling welcomed into a community. They've, maybe they've never been a part of something like that. Uh, and so I take a lot of pride um, in making sure that I know my students on a personal level and I can, I can dig deep into that. And so when I look around the room, I can look and see, okay, well, my stu- I know that this student over there they're here today for this. This student's over here and they're here today for this. And you know, I'm not 100%, I'm not batting a thousand percent every single time, but I'm working at it. And uh, I think that's what allows me to kind of look and see if students are really enjoying themselves is me being in tune with why they're really here and me, me being thankful that, you know, they're my students and not looking at it and say, well, they should be thankful I'm their instructor. Absolutely. And uh, you mentioned the instructors. Every single instructor at BB Mac is in that awesome category or on their way to being in that awesome category. How do you make sure, as the guy who runs this place, that you have teachers who are so dedicated themselves that they're willing to put in the work to reach that level? I will never ask my staff to do something that I'm not willing to do. They've seen me do it. I think that I could say things until I'm blue in the face, but when I actually get down there and roll my sleeves up and you know get the job done myself and they witness that, it creates a, a great respect. And I know that because that's when I see that done from my mentors and my leaders, it's the same thing. So I try to just lead by example and um, not only... Uh, you know, on a business level, but I, you know, again, if anybody on my staff, I not only can work with them, but I can go and have dinner with them. I can hang out with their families, you know, it, but at the end of the day, you know, when we're out here, you know, the majority of my staff, I mean, out of a month, I'm probably hanging out with all of them at one point during a weekend or something. And it's a lot more than just a working relationship. And so I think that also makes it easy for all of us to hold each other accountable. And you know that we're all depending on each other because, you know, they say a rising tide lifts all boats. So there's no weak links here. Everybody's on the same page and we all have to be working towards a common goal for this place to do what we wanted to do, which is, you know, be awesome. One thing I've observed is that when you have someone who's getting ready to take over classes on their own, there's a lot of observation. It's a big responsibility, you know, leading a class. Again, going back, people come here for a bunch of different reasons and they, you know, have an expectation from from us as BB Mac as a whole. And I am completely fine with that. But because of that, we need to make sure that we're just not sending out, you know, average Joe Schmoes on the mat to just lead a group, right? And, um, you know, I want to make sure that whatever instructor I have out there on the mat, they're capable of doing the same thing that, you know, Master White, who's my head instructor, uh, or myself or anybody else can do. And it's not just somebody out there filling a the spot. And that's, you know, goes back to what I was saying with not being thankful that the students have us as their instructors and we are thankful that we have you all as our students because you can go anywhere and take martial arts. What can we do that's going to separate us apart? It's knowing everybody's name. It's maybe having nicknames for everybody. It's, you know, being able to come in and talk to you about ice hockey because I know that's a a big passion of yours. Uh, And then, you know, not only that, but we have over 450 students here. So you got to be able to do that with all of them. And that's what we take a lot of pride in in making ourselves unique when it comes to our customer service and what we can provide besides just the Muay Thai or the Taekwondo part of what BB Mac has to offer. It amazes me how you know everybody's name. How does that make you feel when you see these families come in and they're so excited about it and the little kids are coming in they're so excited about it? I'm very thankful. 
I mean, it's it's awesome uh, on the surface, right? I think being involved in structured fitness and activities are important for for families and for people as a whole. But my my initial feeling, deep, the deep rooted feeling, is just I am honored and very thankful that so many people allow and trust me and my staff to basically be a support system for their family and um, and coming here not just for physical health but mental health uh, and you know it's again going back that it's a it's a huge responsibility and I'm honored that so many people would put their trust in myself and the rest of my staff to to make that and make that opportunity, you know, possible. You know, again, the reason why I have a huge passion for teaching is because I I love making people see beyond their own limits. It it, it just drives me. It it gives me butterflies. It gives me goosebumps. I love you know when people you know come up to me and you've done it a number of times after after class and people think that you know oh, you probably hear it all the time and you know whether I do or I don't. It means the world to me when someone comes up and they they say, you know, not just that you taught a great class, but I needed that today. Man, well, that message of the week was great. Or, you know, uh, the way class flowed today, it just, man, I, I was able to zone out and I'm, man, I'm ready to go back out and attack my day. Um, you know, I get up now at 530 in the morning on some mornings to teach a 6 a.m. class after teaching all evening. And, uh, you know, one of the best things to hear after that is, Wow, now I can really start my day. And then whatever was going on in my mind about getting up that early in the morning has just been washed away by that awesome compliment that I got from somebody coming in saying that what we were able to provide for them here is going to allow them to take on their day, you know, with a better mindset and, you know, be positive. What advice do you have for a guy who's pushing 60 and still trying to do this at a high level? Don't stop. You know, uh, they're whoever this guy is. I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> yeah, asking for a friend. So I, I love, I love fitness. And uh, you know, one of the questions that I used to hear all the time, and you know, just would hear it and not really know how to respond. Is people go, "Wow, I don't, I don't know how you do martial arts," or then I, "How do you play ice hockey?" And oh, then how do you do CrossFit? And you know, I would always kind of like tilt my head, didn't really know how to respond. And now that I'm older, I'm 32 years old. I've now become an owner of two different fitness facilities my question is how could you not why and when would you stop now that doesn't mean that the intensity level won't adjust right you know as we age and you know you know there's certain limitations for whatever reasons that doesn't mean that we have to completely stop taking care of ourselves physically mentally uh it just means that we have to you know pivot and we um you know listen to our bodies and we adjust and we adapt but we still keep at it it's it's all good for you i don't think there is ever a time where anybody should should stop physical fitness I think it does does wonders for you again not just physically but but mentally i know for me it's a huge a huge benefit when it comes you to do that. have to make a few adaptations as you go yeah yeah any final words that you'd want to really make sure people walk away remembering that i i really care i i mean i really do i've had people come to me and be upset about the smallest of things yeah i have a sleepless night because of it. I don't want anybody to be upset with what we're doing here. Something's not going the right way. You know, I want to try to fix it for you. And, you know, that's, you know, they say, um, you know, you can't please everybody. And, you know, I'm learning to 
understand that. But I don't think I'll ever stop trying. And I care about people's happiness, my happiness. And if I can do anything to contribute to making my small community or even the world a better place, you better believe I'm going to try. And I think I've found an avenue where I can do my little bit of good that will, you know, will help in this area. And I will continue to, to do that for as long as I can and expand BB Mac and Team U CrossFit as big as we can get it to, to take that to the next level to where everybody can be a part of this type of uh, community. And I'm just, I'm just thankful so many people allow me to, to do what I love to do. Thank you very much for spending a little time with me. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you, Mr. Monty. I appreciate it too. That wraps up episode two of So Important. I want to thank Master Lee once again for that very interesting conversation. Very appreciated. I want to thank the listeners for tuning in. We are available now on iTunes, and you can follow the podcast if you wish. And I think that's it. Thank you, and see you soon.